All right, welcome back, guys, to the Run It Back podcast. This is the third episode for the postseason in F1. Uh, I am your host, Joy, and alongside with me is my partner in crime, Wes. How are you doing today, Wes? Hi, Joy. Hi, Run It Back Nation. I'm good. I'm still adjusting to life without Formula One. It's, uh, uh, forgive my language, but it's uh, quite fucked up. But <laughs> it's okay. We're, yeah. we're, we're living one day at a time. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because uh, I actually started to dive into DTM and um, MotoGP recently. Just like watch the, you know, the libraries of like videos that um, they have on their YouTube channel. So, so yeah, it's very interesting. Been an interesting week. Yeah, man. You know, it's actually interesting you say that uh, because I was thinking about uh, picking up another racing series myself and. Yeah. Uh, I finally zeroed in on one. Um, mm. It's quite um, FIA uh, popular, <laughs> much like uh, your series, uh, DTM and uh, MotoGP, but I'm digging into WRC. Oh, okay. And um, so, yeah, a uh, little fun fact about me. I, I love the car ser- uh, yeah, car anime slash manga series, Initial D. So basically mountain pass racing in Japan. So right. if you've seen like any... Uh, Keiichi Tsuchiya highlights on YouTube. That's basically it, but in animation form. And Rally is literally the closest thing to it. So um, that's kind of what's uh, gravitating uh, my attention towards it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, if I could, like, I probably could, but like World Rally Rally Cross is probably one that I'm I'm waiting to get into. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited uh, for you, man. Well, I'm excited for you too. Uh, you know, uh, you're all about that lean. I'm all about that slide. So, uh, yeah, uh, or dori dori, as they say in the Japanese, right. Right. when they're addressing uh, Drift King, Keiichi Tsuchiya. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Yeah. Uh, I just want the the viewer. Uh, I just want to let the viewers know that we actually have a quite a short episode uh, this week. We're just gonna cover. You know the hot laps so we're gonna get straight into the hot laps and then we'll do a little bit of trivia uh just to test our own knowledge of formula one see if it's worth even listening to us no i'm just playing i think it is worth listening to us we just we probably <laughs> don't know the the very details of formula <laughs> one. <laughs> but yeah uh <laughs> but yeah let's uh let's let's dive it in uh let's dive into it um so uh, biggest news this week, I would say, is probably like Alex Albon going to DTM, right? After oh, speaking of the devil, you were just talking about it, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. I actually watched one season of DTM um, when BMW rejoined DTM, and in the first season, they won it uh, with Andrea Seidel, which is the team principal of McLaren uh, right now. So, yeah, it, I mean. I'm glad, you know. Of course, DTM has made has had some some changes over the uh, over the past couple of years, um, with the introduction of Honda and Nissan and the departure of Honda and Nissan, and the departure of you know uh, Mercedes. So now it's BMW versus Audi. Um, but yeah, I'm nevertheless, you know, I'm still excited. These are, you know, the the racing in these cars are like incredible. And they're pretty close um and so you know from what i remember and we sometimes you know i do miss it but hopefully sometime in the next season we do get that super gt versus the dtm series 
Now, a uh, question I want to ask you, Joy, about DTM, because I'm not versed in it. Is it a lot like uh, endurance racing where it's two or three or even four separate groups and they're uh, racing against each other? Or not racing against each other, but like they're racing against each other, but they have their own class. And right. depending on what class you're in, you're more. It's more important to win your class. But if you're actually at the top, right. it's uh, important to win not only your class but also overall. Is it like that? Yes, it is. So okay. no, no, no. I mean, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, oh. Like it's actually just uh, like Formula One. There, there is no class, like in between. Okay. So it's actually like okay. you know. It's but it is a spec series. So I think you know they have to be quite similar to each other like all the cars um much like uh, super gt 500 but you know the teams do have the power to kind of develop over like the off season um and kind of make but you know it they, they still do have uh, strict rules within the cars um now i'm not sure what it is now like i said you know it has taken into multiple forms uh but yeah i mean like I, I believe, yeah. The last time I saw it, it was literally, it was just all one, one class of cars, you know. And uh, if, if I'm wrong, you know, you could, you could definitely correct me in the, in the comments to anyone listening. But yeah, uh, I mean, regardless, I think this is a good, this is a good um, opportunity for Alex Albon. You know, of course, um, probably the next best series that I would have picked for him was either Super Formula. Of course, he can't go back to Formula 2 since he's joined Formula 1 already. Um, and so, I would have liked to see him in Formula um, Super Formula, you know, but DTM is also quite a challenging. Um, I only say that because Alex Albon has never raced in GT cars, so it'll be interesting how, you know, he could kind of integrate himself into the series yeah uh when i heard the news about alban going to a dtm i tried to literally find a reason for me to be surprised but i'm not uh, right. because uh, like i said in previous podcasts he is a very capable racing driver mm. uh, a lot better than what people are willing to give him credit for absolutely and you know for him to find a home at DTM, despite everything going on right now, despite it being 2021, there's still a pandemic, there's still going to be a lot of uh, money lost in any kind of business, right. uh, this included, uh, for uh, Red Bull and uh, everyone else involved to find a seat for him somewhere. That's good. Right. Yeah, it would be interesting to also see him in Super GT. Um, I don't agree with you in the Super Formula. Uh, okay. Recommendation, by the way, Joy, just because Super Formula is very similar to Formula 2. And in modern times, it would be very hard to see a Formula 1 capable driver dropping a division. Mm. Right? Unlike Super GT and DTM, yeah. uh, from what I understand, it's sports cars. So you can't really compare sports cars and well, open yeah, wheel. Yeah, yeah that, that's part of uh, you know what I was saying is that um, usually... Uh, drivers that retire that you know have had about 10 years under formula one they usually join super gt and they usually join dtm so it, it'll be interesting to see uh alex in his you know he's so he's still so young and he still has a lot to learn but i think this could definitely give him 
he could learn a lot of skills um you know he and he could develop a lot of skills and he could learn so many new things just by how gt cars are so much more different than formula one cars you know so yeah i'm super excited absolutely i i feel that um it'll give him some kind of psychological relief right, right? because because dtm is not as polarizing as formula one right you could kind of just be like okay no pressure let's try and make the best of the situation and chances are if i'm able to do well enough to where there's a significant gap or a sizable gap between myself and the regular dtm drivers it could convince not only just red bull but also anyone else looking for a driver in 2022 right. on the formula one grid to say hey let's take a flyer on alex albon right right and at that point he'll still come for the cheap yeah yeah absolutely and you know it's like you said right it, it really depends on the the rest of the red bull racing stable right um uh, maybe, you know, maybe Helmut Marco and Christian Horner, you know, if, you know, Gasly goes somewhere else, if Yuki Sonoda is doing really well and, you know, and, you know, he goes somewhere else or any of those drivers that go anywhere else. And Alex is there. He's got experience. Um, you know, he may not have the confidence at the moment, but I think he can build that in DTM. So, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see. Uh uh, the current champion right now is Rene Rast, so uh, I haven't really heard of Rene Rast in uh, DTM, I will admit, so, but yeah. Um, I do want to ask one more thing, um, and that is, does, so I'm, I, I'm under the impression that Red Bull has a team, customer team yes. in DTM, right? Yes. And I wonder who's powering them. Is it, is it? I don't know, Audi or... The last time I checked, the last time I saw DTM, it was Audi that um, ha that held uh, Red Bull sponsorship. Um, Helmut Marco did say that they don't know which car he will uh, drive. So it, so through that, it sounds like they don't know. They, it's probably still Audi, but they just don't know which car, the Audi, which Audi car he would be driving. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's gonna be yeah like i mean uh the last time i checked it was audi so i think they still have that partnership with audi okay no it's something to be uh excited about and uh i think joy you can be our official correspondent there for dtm and following around uh alex Albon as he tries to get back into the, the main seats of formula one via dtm yeah yeah, absolutely. And uh yeah, I'm interested. Now now I'm really pumped for DTM uh this uh this upcoming season. But yeah. Uh yeah, moving on. So a little bit more of a Formula One news. Um Australian GP likely to be postponed. Um so keyword there is postponed, right? I mean obviously um it's a great place to start, I think. Uh Australian Grand Prix, you know, like the Australian Grand Prix has always it, it it didn't give us the best of racing, but I think it's a good track, you know, for a sample size because, you know, I'll, yeah, it, it's not a good track for racing. Albert Park doesn't doesn't have a lot of corners where you could overtake, but 
it's still a fast uh, street circuit. So yeah, it, it's in, it's incredible. So but yeah, I'm gonna miss it. If if we're gonna start at Bahrain, uh, it's okay. Uh, I like Bahrain. So so yeah. Well, for me, mm. the, the first thing that came to my mind when I started hearing the news about the postponement or potential postponement of the Australian GP was like, oh, not again. Yeah. And I'm not head over heels over Albert Park. I will right. say that. But yeah. of course, when it's already embedded in your head that mm. it's the first race of the season, <laughs> you're kind of anticipating it, right? Right. And now your your mindset now has to adjust to the whole start of the season being in Bahrain, right? Uh, because they're looking to do testing there too. Yeah, absolutely. So, which is uh, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you know, Bahrain doesn't. Uh, Bahrain is is a is a good circuit. I actually really like the circuit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Albert Park. Like I said, I think it is a good you know sampler. Uh, for the season, for the start of the season, it's like I said, it's a street circuit, so it's a little bit more slippery than uh, what drivers are used to when you know, conditioned tracks, you know, tracks that have been raced um, multiple times, like throughout the course uh, of this of a year. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm gonna miss it. Um, it's usually bright and sun um, sunny in Australia whenever we go there. I don't remember. The last time it was raining in Australia when we went there. So, I mean, in Formula One. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I'm I'm devastated. You know, I do like Australia. Um, it's such a beautiful country. You know, but like I said, I think it's the Albert Park is a little bit more of a sampler size than it is. This is one of the, the biggest tracks that you have to win in, you know? Oh, absolutely. And a part of me feels like if Australia was supposed to be round one for this season, we would have seen the other Orange Sea or yeah. whatever. Orange Army, I mean. <laughs> uh, so like in yeah. uh, Red Bull Ring, the Orange Army is generally max, but right. now, or it should, what should have been now, the <laughs> oh, Orange Army would be Daniel. Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it, you know, obviously when you take away... Um, a country or a, you know an entire continent that pretty much hosts a grand prix i mean you kind of take away the driver who's representing that uh country kind of you know not away but you know it, it does feel like it does feel like they don't get to you know get that appreciation that they get from the fans um and you know i remember ricardo saying that you know, because he is the only Australian driver in the grid uh, for now, um, you know, he gets that tenfold. He gets the attention tenfold and, you know, he, he loves it. You know, he loves his adoring fans. And uh, it would have been interesting to see the Orange Army, you know, cheering for Daniel in a McLaren instead of the Orange Army in, you know, like in Europe cheering for Max. So. Yeah, but hey, uh, Bahrain Grand Prix, that's, it's shown us a good racing, so right. I don't mind. Uh, at the end of the day, as long as we get Formula One racing for 2021 and perhaps a slightly extended calendar, mm. I don't see, I don't see what's wrong. 
I wouldn't mind if they brought back Adelaide instead of um, Albert Park. But I, I don't think, like, it, it's more about the restrictions of the COVID uh, travel in. So, traveling in, so, and then traveling out, you know. So, it, it, it gets exactly. quite complicated. So, so, yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, it, it's postponed. Um, hopefully, it doesn't get canceled. Hopefully, it just gets moved towards the, the, the back of the season. I mean, this is going to be a logistics nightmare for Formula One teams West. No, it will be, and um, <laughs> it'll also be a uh, uh, interesting because weather will then play a role. Absolutely, in it too. because Australia, man, it's—I don't know if they have winters there. And forgive my <laughs> forgive my in- ignorance there, but from what I've understood, Australia is hot. It's hot, and then and it gets hotter. Freaking hot! <laughs> it gets hotter. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, uh, I mean, you know, obviously, you know. Formula One teams are, are well equipped to for the logistics challenge. I'm excited to see if like where they place it, if it's gonna be towards the end of the season. If we do get a Brazilian Grand Prix and then we have to travel all the way around the world just to go to Australia for the Australian Grand Prix. That, I think that'll be interesting to see um logistically how they approach that uh that season or that sure. that weekend to weekend. So so yeah. Uh, anyway, I, mean, I will I will say yeah. I will say that the slot that was going to be taken by Vietnam is technically still open. It, yeah, absolutely, it's technically still open. And then um, uh, I heard Shanghai was, I mean, yeah, like it was in jeopardy. We're losing, Shang- we might lose Shanghai as well. I'm not sure if that's. I a, mean, if know, that's the case, then it's going to be like 2020 all over again. <laughs> I mean, hey, Where? if if we get back Imola and if we get back Portugal and you know Nurburgring, I'm down. Nurburgring, you know, I'm yes, down. Sir. <laughs> and our home Grand Prix too, if, if we can if we can have it, but we'll see. We will see. We'll see. But yeah, um, so let's move on to uh, the segment we call it the fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, everyone listening to this, can help us kind of rename the segment. Um, you know anything probably formula one related or any kind of inside jokes that probably having the oh, show fun stuff <laughs> i mean just fun stuff absolutely so wes you and i will take a quiz uh for drive tribe it is oh boy it's the 2020 <laughs> drive tribe quiz part two and okay so pretty much uh how this is gonna go is that i'm gonna say the name or uh, or the question. I'm gonna ask the question, and then we both have to answer it. I'll even give, it's multiple answer. It's multiple choice, so we do have uh, a chance here, some somewhat. But uh, are you ready, Wes? Okay. Let's do this. All right, and any and anyone who is listening, or uh, yeah, anyone who is listening, if you want to take the the quiz, um, at, don't take it after we do it because then I'm going to have to say the answers, but uh, take it before, uh, before us and then see how you do, see, uh, test your own knowledge of Formula One. But yes, are you ready, Wes? Yes, let's go. Okay, Wes, first question. When was Formula One founded? You give your answer and I'll give my answer. And then we could... Well, you said it was multiple choice, Joy. You might oh, yeah, as well yeah. give me the <laughs> yeah, choices true, true, true. too. I'm sorry. Uh, first choice is uh, 1990, and then we have 1939, and then 1950. 
and then 1940. Uh-huh. 1950. Correct. 1950 it is. So Formula One was founded in 1950. And uh, I, I forgot who won the first one. I think it's Farina, but uh, we'll see. Okay. Which circuit hosted the first Formula One race? Is it A, Silverstone, B, Monaco, C, Monza, or D, Hungaroring? Oh my god. I, I actually don't know this one, Wes. Um, I'm tempted to say Silverstone, only because Formula yeah, One... Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Silverstone, and I'm not yeah. going to change my answer. I don't care if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I think it's Silverstone. Uh, but let's see. It is Silverstone, hey! Yeah! There you go. Wow, I didn't know my that. Favorite, my favorite, my favorite track in the whole wide world, <laughs> Silverstone. You know who doesn't like Silverstone? Left tires, left front tires. Oh, I was going to say anybody not named Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, that too, that too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool, cool. And then uh, third question. Uh, who is the first driver to win the World Drivers' Championship? We were just... Uh, I was just saying this, um, but uh, A, so the, the choices are A, Giuseppe Farina, B, Juan Melo Fangio, uh, C, Pedro Rodriguez, and D, Alberto Ascari. Um, who do you think I'll it is? Fangio. Okay, you'll go with Fangio. I think it's actually Giuseppe Farina. I remember okay. Fangio won the second one. I, I don't think he won the first one. It could be Alberto Ascari. I'm not really sure, though. I, I think I'll go with Farina. Who, you're going with Fangio? Well, yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're we have as a team. Rule where, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but since, it's, uh, since Joy is our uh, lead host here, he gets to overrule me. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Joey. Giuseppe Go with Farina. Farina. Let's see what happens. Oh, it was correct. It was correct. Nice. So yeah, his teammate was actually Juan Manuel Fangio, but he did beat. He he did win the first world championship. Okay. See what happens when you have two of the <laughs> two of the best drivers on the same team. <laughs> I, I discussed this in the last week's uh, episode. <laughs> exactly, and then next right. year he wins. You know, the the other driver wins it. So. But yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, okay. So, what's the name of the Alfa Romeo F1 car winner of the first Formula One race? Oof. Okay, it's okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not really good with car names in Formula One. But uh, okay. Uh, the the first choice is Alfa Romeo 146, Alfa Romeo 50, Alfa Romeo 130, or Alfa Romeo 158. I I have zero clue, Wes. I don't unless you know what the current um, Alfa Romeo is called right now. Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> I have a feeling it's somewhere. One thirty sounds good. I, I had a feeling it's one thirty. The, the the Italians like to put ma- huge numbers in their car names. So, all right, one thirty. I think it's a consensus. Okay. Oh, we got it wrong. It's uh, the uh, Alfa right. Romeo 158, which is doesn't make any sense. But probably 158 horsepower, but okay. Probably uh, doesn't make sense to us, <laughs> but it makes sense to them. All right. All right. In which line 
are countries that hosted a Formula One race. Wait, what? Wait, in which are countries? Oh, okay. In which line are countries that hosted a Formula One race? Took me a while to understand that question, but okay. The the first choice is Argentina, Mexico, Norway, or Denmark. Uh, choice number two, Luxembourg, Saudi Arabia, uh, United Arab Emirates, um, China, Japan, and South Korea. C, we have Germany, Monaco, Italia. I mean Italy, Italia, Spain, Brazil, Belgium, England, Russia, and D. USA, Finland, Portugal, Switzerland, Sweden. So by line, they mean like yeah, which countries races before? Yes, yes, they've hosted races before. Yes, C. Yeah, it's C. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it is C. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some one. There's there's ones there that are close. Um, but although Finland sounds realistic, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Finland does sound realistic, but it'd probably be a rally. And I think <laughs> it probably be a think, rally uh, stage. I think, uh, what, didn't South Korea hold one at one point? They did. They did. But but, they, but Saudi Arabia is the one that threw it away. Saudi Arabia that, was the one that, that threw line. it away. Argentina, Mexico, and I think Norway has held one. Or uh, Denmark has held one, but they've never held one in Norway. So, mm, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Only one wrong, Wes, so we're doing good. Okay. <laughs> Which Formula One circuit okay. was part of the F1 race during the Soviet regime? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, is it Shanghai International Circuit? B. Hungora Ring. C. Istanbul Park. And D. Sochi Autodrome. Now let's put our thinking caps here. Formula One started in 1950, right? And and what countries did Soviet Russia control? That could have my 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 gut feeling is Hungaro Ring because Sochi I think is a newer track. Yeah, Sochi is a newer newer track, so, and I don't think we had a Shanghai Grand Prix back then. I think Shanghai is pretty new, and they're definitely not in a Soviet regime. So, Istanbul Park. Ooh, ah, oh, man, Turkey. I don't know if I'm going with I'm going with Hungaro Ring. Okay, I'm going with you. I'm going with you because because uh, Hungaro Ring's pretty old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So too. yeah, yeah. So I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I, I trust you. Hey, you got it correct. Yeah, it's the only circuit oh, that has sweet. been part of the F1 calendar in Soviet Soviet regime today. Wow, I didn't even know that. Good job, Wes. That's that uh, geography yeah. geography skills. Okay. Which two F1 circuits are the longest? Okay, but uh, we have to pick. Uh, we have to pick two of all these ones that they give us. Okay, so the choices are: Nurburgring, Pescara, Spa Francorchamps, Valencia Street Circuit, Korea International Circuit, Suzuka, and Circuit Paul Ricard. So, I mean, I think one is already there, right? The Nürburgring is pretty long. Even the Grand Prix track is pretty long. Mm -hmm. But I'm tempted to say Spa as well, right? Because Spa is the longest one today, like right now, that's currently in the Formula One calendar. I'm not quanti I'm not kind of sure if it's Nürburgring, the Grand Prix track. I mean, if it was the Nordschleife, 
of course. It... Right. But I think they're talking about the Grand Prix track, so. Which two do you think? I've never Ooh. seen Valencia. I've never seen Korea. I've seen Suzuka. It, does, it doesn't seem quite as far or long. Uh, Paul Ricard could be pretty long if you don't enjoy it. <laughs> Oof. What are the what are the choices again? Nurburgring, Pescara, Spa, Valencia, Korea, Suzuka, and Paul Ricard. Whichever one has Spa in it. Okay, so one is Spa. What's the other one? It's uh, the two. Yeah, the two longest circuits. Oh, it's two. Yeah. Uh, I would say Nurburgring. Nurburgring. Okay, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. Spa and Nurburgring. Oh, it's Nurburgring and Pescara. Okay. <laughs> so I guess Spa Dang. was one of the longest ones today, but back then probably Pescara was quite... I, I, I actually don't know where Pescara is, so... Okay, next question. Renault F1 team is famous for using it for the first time. What engine? Is it A, the turbocharged engine... B, the hybrid engine, C, the electric engine, or D, the diesel engine. And so, Wes, they're, they're actually showing us um, a picture from, I think, the 1980s Renault, the yellow Renault, uh, the yellow, white, and black Renault. Um, do you have any idea which engine for, I think, Renault? I, I have a pretty good idea, but I want to know your, uh, your thoughts. I would like to say turbocharged. I agree. I think it is the turbocharged engine. I think that's when they had they held like. And yes, it is a turbocharged engine. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, because also. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. hybrid, electric, and diesel. <laughs> well, diesel sounds okay, but like right, I remember right. there was this video I watched where Nick tried to explain Ayrton Senna's blipping through the corner. Hmm. And when he was with Lotus, I think Lotus was a Renault-powered car. Mm. And then they explained that that car was turbocharged. Ah, okay. And okay. that in order to not in order to not lose the power as he was going through the turn, he had to blip the throttle so he doesn't um, so he minimizes the lag. Ah, oh. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember um, Renault making this the turb the first turbocharged engine in, or you know, making their first entry. Uh, with Renault, and then that pretty much prompted the Ayrton Senna era, you know, of the tur turbocharged engines, V6. So, yeah. <laughs> Great job, Wes. Okay, next question. In 1979, Dijon, uh, French Grand Prix, what happened? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, first... First choice, we got uh, the two drivers didn't win on home ground. Uh, B, Jean-Pierre Jabouli winning the French Grand Prix with a French car with a French engine. Okay, C, two cars had engine problems, which is it's, uh, it seems quite normal. Uh, and D, Rene Arnoux wins the French Grand Prix against Gilles Villeneuve. Now... I don't know when Rene Arnoux, Arnaud and 
Gilles Werner were racing. I don't think it's 1979. Well, I, it might, you know, it actually might have been. But I don't think it was in Dijon when they were, when they were, I remember this battle between them, but like, I'm, well, oh no, I can't, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say that because they probably are from two different eras, but uh, I do remember Gilles Villeneuve fighting, battling someone. Uh, I don't think it's Dijon though. Um, what do you think? Joy, I think I disagree with you, man. Uh, I would like to say, uh, because um, I find French people really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I find their racing really, uh, really, really um, mind-stimulating. I think the two drivers didn't win. Okay. Okay. On home ground? Yeah. Uh, I mean, but then again, that's also a couple uh, years of watching Grosjean and Ocon not do anything. <laughs> so, I don't know. I was about to Chances say, like, it, it sounds pretty normal. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Chances are. Chances are that is um, I could be right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's probably probably a pattern over the over the centuries. But uh, I think actually, yeah, I still think it's Jean Pierre Jabouli winning the French Grand Prix with a French car and a French engine. But let's go with yours. Um, it's probably more likely the more likely. Choice oh my right. god! <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's give see. it a shot. Oh. No. Okay. <laughs> it was. Uh, Jean-Pierre winning in a French jump Grand Prix with a French car and a French engine, which, I mean, at, I guess at that time it was a big deal because um, Renault wasn't that strong. Uh, I mean, they're still not strong today, but yeah, they, they weren't the powerhouse that they used to be. So, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so next question was, uh, the Monaco Grand Prix in 1996 is famous for what? Olivier Panis scored his one and only Formula One victory for the Ligier uh, team. Second one. It's the race with a ooh. It's the race with the that set the record for the fewest cars three to be running at the end of the Grand Prix. Damon Hill, Schumacher, and Mika Hakkinen Bennett for first place. Rubens Barrichello set the fastest lap of the seas. Ooh. So you said it's the second one. It's the I race. I think it's set. the second one. I agree with you. Um. The image that's showing us, it seems like it, it was a wet track, so it probably could have been the, the fewest. So let's go with your, your your choice. Oh, it's actually multiple choice, <laughs> Wes. So well, so you could pick more than one answer. Yes. First and second. Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, I see that. I see that. Uh, I like that. Uh, that deduct that deduction that there was only three cars. That were running, therefore, it was a back marker team that finishes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's see. Oh, hey! Well done, Wes. So Olivier Panis scored his one and only Formula One victory with Ligier, and the race set the record for the fewest cars to be running at the end of the Grand Prix. <laughs> job, I am Wes. Formula One. Yo soy Formula Uno. Je suis Formula E. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Ooh. Or, I don't know, uh, Watashi wa Formula One. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, uh, to, okay, uh, to the listeners, it's actually showing us a picture of a car um, that is from the Stone Age. Um, and it's saying, what, oh, what F1 on. car is this? <laughs> um, 
the choices are Brabham, Lancia, Maserati, and Porsche. Now, I think there's a couple that you we could scratch off here. It's definitely not Porsche. Porsche didn't really compete, I think, back then in Formula One. Um, Lancia, I don't think. I think they did compete it, but they weren't very notable. It's either Maserati or Brabham. I'm going with Brabham. Okay. You're going with Brabham. Do you think yes. that's Brabham himself driving that car? Possib possibly. It could be Brabham. Okay, I'll go with you. I think it's a Maserati, but we'll see. It's a Porsche. Ah, uh, it's a wow. Porsche. Oh, wow. Okay, so in 1962, Porsche made its only race season in F1, driven by Dan Gurney and Givent. The team, it's only win. Oh, wow. And, Can I okay. ask who's uh, writing these questions? Because... The spelling uh, is quite interesting. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is quite interesting. But it is from Lazar okay, Lazarov. I'll, I'll give Lazar Lazarov. A, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's give a him break. a break. Uh, these are good questions, though. Uh, okay, cool. In in season in the the twenty twenty twelve in the twenty twelve season, Sauber got a new sponsor. Who was that sponsor? Come on, you Blues, Chelsea FC. <laughs> you think so? Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Well, let's see. So, Telcel. Chelsea FC, NEC, and Claro, which is weird because okay, Telcel. Okay, pronouncing that first one right. It's Telcel. Telcel. Okay. I learned that in Spanish class. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Roosevelt High School. Well, that's the uh, thing, Spanish, like a language department. In 2012, Sauber. Oh no, I don't think I don't think Sergio Perez was in 2012 Sauber, was he? But that's the thing. No, he was. Uh, I thought uh, 2012. Uh... He was, uh, no, he was, like, or maybe, because yeah, cause, Ma McLaren. Because those are I all his sponsors. Right? So, Telesel, NEC, and Claro. But I do think it is Chelsea. I think Chelsea did sponsor a Formula One team. It was, I, I can tell you it's Sauber, but... I'm a little, I'm maybe 70% sure about the year, but I, I'm 100% sure that you know, Chelsea a, FC had their badge on the car. Okay, okay, well. Which is kind of interesting, right? Like a British it, soccer yeah, club uh, it is sponsoring a, a German or whatever <laughs> team. Right. Yeah, it, it is very it is very interesting. But uh, they, probably, they probably wanted backing. They probably wanted backing from a football. Well, I will probably say that I think. to reach more audience. Yeah. yeah, I will say I think Checo was already there because if you see on the wing there, it's Telmex. Yeah, yeah. So and Claro, Claro is already on the car. Right, right, right. So the only thing that's not and, on there and NEC and NEC is on the car. No, Telcel is on the rear wing. No, see no. It? What about Chelsea FC? It's not there. It's it's hidden. You can see the the mark. Ah, okay, okay. Come on, man. I'm confident. Sky okay. high. Chelsea Come on, you FC. Come on, you Blues. Hey, okay, so it was Chelsea FC, so probably to reach more, more audience in Formula One. Um, yeah, as if they yeah. needed it. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's that's great. That's great. Chelsea FC. We should we should have we should poach more um, more football clubs to to sponsor to kind of payroll the 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 sport. But yeah, okay, let's see. So, which F1 car is the only one to have closed wheel? I closed think wheel. I know what this is. Um, okay, but part of me thinks it's the 196. Let's let's go through uh, let's go through the 
the options here. The Maserati sure. 250F, the Ferrari 375F1, the Lancia D50, and the Mercedes W96. I think I do know this one, and I do agree with you, Wes. It was the Mercedes because they were the first ones to figure out that a streamlined body gives you faster, makes you faster in a straight line. So I do agree with you. I think it is the Mercedes, and it is the Mercedes. Look at that. That looks like something you can drive on the street. It looks like Speed Racer's uh, <laughs> car. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's that's awesome. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great call, Wes. Great call. Okay. In 1999, F1 BAR Honda or BAR Honda released with very interesting livery. What is it? Is it the Lucky okay. Strike livery? Ooh. The Lucky Strike 555 livery combined, Sonax, or the 555 livery. I do think, Wes, um, I do think it is the 555 livery. I do remember 555 getting into Formula 1. What I don't know is if it was a combination of Lucky Strike or just the 555. I, I feel like I've seen a, a combina- that, combi- that like combination. That right? combination, right? Yeah, I think it's that, a combination. Okay, well... And I think, I think Honda... Yeah! Yeah! There you go. Wow. Okay. So, wow. They, half, they literally half, just half split... Car, half yeah. uh, Half uh, Formula One car. They literally just split delivery down the middle, which is interesting. So, yeah, good luck trying to tell that apart. But, <laughs> pop quiz, Wes. Do you know, do you know who's, who's driving? 99. Uh, BAR, Honda... Uh, by I'm the way, it's yeah. a, his helmet I'm is a Japanese driver. It is not. It is uh, his helmet's very distinct. He only he's the only driver that I know of that has that color pattern. Okay, as this guy in for mm. no, he's not. He he's not I'll give you a hint. He wore today. the baggiest uh, suits, like the baggiest, like what do you call it? Track track suits. For uh, fire suits. Fire suits, right. He wore Baggies the baggiest fire ones. suits. Yeah. You sound like I should notice. If I'm wrong and I'm mistaken, <laughs> then then uh, everyone can roast me in the comments. But I, you believe, know, it's it's yeah, okay, Joy. I believe that's that's Jack Villeneuve because I believe oh, that wow. is his helmet. Yeah. He's the only one that has that helmet design. So I think he did drive the the BAR Honda. So yeah, it's just interesting to see Subaru's thing <laughs> on a Formula One car. That's not Subaru. All right, uh, this is an interesting question. Has Lamborghini been part of Formula One? And it's I literally think, just a yes or no. And I think it I is think a it's yes. yes. Yes, I think it's yes. Yeah. I remember he. I remember they. Um, what do you call it? They provided engines for a while. I think the V12 engines, and they weren't that reliable. Oh, wow. There you go. So, yes, Lamborghini has been part of Formula One, but has an engine supplier with Lola and the LC92 racing under the team Lola Lamborghini. That's actually a really cool um, livery, Wes. Yeah, no, it looks nice. And Lola is actually a big, big racing name, no matter what. Right. Lola Beatrice back then. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. So, okay. So, next question. Which F1 teams haven't changed their names since entering Formula 1? Uh, <laughs> so Wes, I think we can, we can cross out a lot of these. But um, the first one is Ron Terrell Lotus Honda. 
Second is Stuart Minardi Jaguar Tolman. And the third one is Renault Mercedes Red Bull Tarasso. And the fourth one is Ferrari Williams McLaren Haas. That's oh, it's, the fourth one. It's a layup. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fourth one. You, you, we all, they almost got us with Mercedes, Renault, Red Bull, Torosso, but Torosso is no longer Torosso. They are Alpha Tauri. No, a Ferrari, Williams, McLaren, Haas. Okay, next question. Which F1 driver is the only one who has won the Triple Crown in, of Motorsport? First, uh, first options. So, so here are the options that we have. Graham Hill. Sterling Moss, Fernando Alonso, and Michael Schumacher. I will, Wes. I think you know this. Is it? Uh, I think it's Graham Hill. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think. I mean, there's only two choices here. Fernando Alonso is trying to get the triple crown. Michael Schumacher never really was interested in anything but Formula One. So Graham Hat, Graham Hill, or Sterling Moss. I do think it's Graham Hill. I don't think Sterling, Sir Sterling Moss was um yeah i don't think he was interested in indy or world endurance or uh what do you call it lamont so graham hill endurance i can see <laughs> there you go oh, there you go graham hill the triple wow. crown of motorsport monaco lamont indianapolis so so fernando alonso has one in monaco he has one in monaco and, and lamont he has yeah, one in lamont right. and he needs one more in the 500 Indy seems super difficult yeah it is it it, it seems like uh the closest he was like the closest he's gotten was with mclaren uh which is strange with a honda engine as well so yeah okay cool so in 1969 this f1 car had high safety and had high safety standards but never got into racing what's the name of the car Ooh. safety standings standards is it the pinifarina uh ferrari sigma fiat or sigma i have no i think clue. it's i think it's sigma sigma just sigma not the ferrari sigma right no not the ferrari sigma. i don't think ferrari is really concerned no i'm just playing but uh, okay oh i'll go with you i'll go with you sigma i've never heard of pinifarina so oh wow it's actually ferrari sigma Wow, that's a wide. Okay. That's a very wide body. Yeah. <laughs> okay, in 1969, Ferrari Sigma, constructor of the Pininfarina, based the based on Ferrari 312. It's weighed 590 kilograms and with a V12 engine. Is that safe? Interesting. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Maybe maybe for its time. For its time, probably it doesn't look. You got safe. guys. You, you guys got you guys because in 1969, guy, you got guys getting sliced. Same with fans too. <laughs> getting yeah, burned. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's that's interesting. I never heard of a lot of these names. But uh, yeah, okay, moving on. So. Guess the missing logos and the driver name of the Lotus 72 multiple choices. So we have Emerson Fittipaldi, Bridgestone, John Player Special, Goodyear, uh, Laurel Wreath on the Reith. spoiler, Wreath on the spoiler, Texaco on the spoiler, Lotus logo, Ronnie Peterson, Texaco, Marlboro, Elf, Firestone, Ford, and Dunlop. So I do know who the driver is of this car it's, it's, it's emerson Emo, isn't it right yeah it's emerson fittipaldi 
I'm not quite sure, Wes. Um, I do think John Player. John Player, John Player Special. Because those be. cars only came in black and gold. Right, exactly. Um, I will say that the tires were Goodyear. I do think it is Goodyear as well. But I do um, think... Do you think they had Texaco? I think so, yes. Is it on Texaco the on the spoiler? Or yeah, Texaco yeah, yeah. Just in... No, on the spoiler. I think it's on the spoiler. Okay. Okay, and that should be it, right? Uh, I would also say that... Uh... I don't think... I would, like to, I would like to think Elf was on there. Elf? Okay. Yeah, Elf. Yeah. And I think that's it. Okay, okay. Okay, cool. I actually don't know what Elf is. I think that's uh Isn't that a cigarette company? Or even a fuel company. I'm not sure. Right. I know John Player Special is uh, tobacco. Tobacco. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see. Ooh. <laughs> we were... Yeah, there was, we had a lot missing. But uh, we did get Emerson Fittipaldi right. John Player Special, Goodyear, uh, Laurel Wreath on the spoiler, Lotus Logo. We forgot the Lotus Logo. Texaco, Firestone, and Ford. What? That's so weird. What a Where's strange the Texaco? Car. Why would it be Ford? And then, no, But then again, we have Aston Martin, Red Bull Racing, Honda. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Moving on, and let's see. Cool, four world championships. How many world championships titles do each one have? Ooh, okay. So there's a lot of uh, things to say here, but like the first option, Nigel Mansell one, Aaron Senna four, Alan Prost four, Nelson Piquet three. Second one is Alan Prost four, Nigel Mansell two, Nelson Piquet three, Aaron Senna three. The third option is Nelson Piquet two, Ellen Prost 3, Nigel Manson 1, and Aaron Senna 3. Uh, and then the last one is Aaron Senna 3, Nigel Manson 1, uh, Alan Prost 4, and Nelson PK 3. Which one do you think it is, Wes? I think it's Senna 3, Manson 1, Prost 4, PK 3. I do agree with you. I do think, yes, I remember, I know Alan Prost has 4, I know Mansell has 1. And I know Senna was had three. I just didn't know how many PK had. So I, I'll go with you. The big name these days, PK. Hey. <laughs> there you go. So we got it right. Um, but yeah, it, it's in, it's incredible uh, that Nigel Mansell only has one. Uh, but when you're racing against these three, I mean, yeah, there's right. not a lot you can win. So. But great job for just getting one, you know. I'm pretty sure he's very proud of that one. Uh, but yeah, okay. So next question. Formula 1 uh, 2009 season. Braun GP shocked the F1 world by... A. The team finished in third place in the championship. B. Ross Braun buying Honda to create Braun GP for one pound. C. Braun GP won the Drivers, Constructors, Drivers and Constructors Championship. And D, bought, uh, being bought by Ross Braun for one million pounds. So that's, I mean, that should be. It's B and C, isn't it? Yes, I do think it's B and C. So, yes, they, uh, Ross Braun did buy it from Honda by with one pound, for one pound. And um, they won the Drivers' and Constructors' Championship. A. I miss those liveries, Wes. 
Oh, I do too. I love the I love bright green in general. <laughs> uh, way before I started like digging into the uh, history books of F1, but uh, yeah, no, I, I remember Ross Braun saying how he bought that team for dirt cheap because it was in the middle of a uh, global uh, recession. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Honda was more focused on saving their you know their assets for their regular cars. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was it was a great documentary. Just the bronze story itself is is incredible. Um, I encourage you, anyone listening to to watch uh, Braun GP uh, just as a story. But yeah, so next question, Wes. Um, I'll probably we'll probably do the next one and then that'll be it. Um, but yes, it, it's it's quite a, it's, it's quite, quite a it's quite an intensive uh, uh, extensive uh, quiz. So <laughs> so this will be the second the uh, penultimate. Uh, question but we will um so the um, the question is which f1 team has participated in every season since formula one was founded i think that's pretty easy but let's go through it mercedes mclaren scudia ferrari williams and alfa romeo wes ferrari it is ferrari it's a ferrari i i actually got the that uh that line that I just said from uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Right. There's like a scene where they introduce each other and the Ferrari guys are just so <laughs> pompous about themselves. <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't seen Ford versus Ferrari, but I have seen, you know, pretty much the documentary of Bruce McLaren versus Ferrari. And then I've seen, I mean, yeah, pretty much that. It's just, to me, that's 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 the rivalry that I love. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, last question: Who delved? Who delivered? Who delved? Who delivered the surprise at Monza 2008? Is it one, or is it A? Robert Kubica wins the race. Uh, B. Ferrari finishing one two. C. Vettel winning the race. And D. Battle between Massa and Hamilton for first. That's Toro Rosso. I do think right? yes. I, I agree. I think that was Vettel, Vettel's first win, and that was Toro Rosso's first win, and in their home, home, home state, home, home state, home country. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was correct. Yes, Sebastian Vettel did win the 2008 Monza Grand Prix. Well, Monza Grand Prix, but yeah. Uh, and then first win for the STR, achieving pole, fastest lap, and first place finish. Dang, dude. That's how you know you're special. You take a car that is lesser than everybody else on the everybody grid, else. for the most part. And you got pole, fastest lap, and first place finish. That's, that's insane. Holy cow. <laughs> on a Toro Rosso, guys. On a Toro Rosso, right. So, And, you know, you beat the world champion that year. Yeah. Um, who was Hamilton. And then you also then, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, you, yeah. beat, you basically grand slam basically a guy who would end up beating you by yeah. a lot later. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, Wes, uh, throughout all that, we had six incorrect. Which... How many questions did we take? Ooh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. 
23. So, we, so 17 out of 23. That's not bad. That's a passing. That's a passing grade. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty high clip. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I mean, uh, I think we're okay. You can trust our knowledge of Formula One. <laughs> for the most part. For the most part, but uh, it felt like it, it felt like it was getting easier towards the end. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was getting closer to us, to our uh, to our era. But yeah, but yeah, thank you for for taking part of that, Wes. Yeah, I'll no, thank you for. Uh, Thank you for having me on this uh, uh, fun yeah. stuff. We segment. actually uh, that was actually pretty fun. I, I actually, learned a lot about us as uh, yeah, yeah. One fans. I think and we we're know. Not that bad. Yeah, I think we actually know more than we think. So that's that's always a good problem. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the show. Um, if you would like to take this quiz alongside with us or before us, um, so you don't you know we don't spoil the answers, I will. Um, you know, put the link down below in the description. But uh, yeah, Wes, any more, any more things that you want to get off your chest? No, I, I think this was probably one of the more funner episodes that we've had throughout the right. life of the podcast. Not that, not that every other episode was uh, not fun. <laughs> but hey, you know, I'm happy to talk about Formula One week in and week out with uh, you, Joy, favorite uh, driver ever. Um, Really, really, guys, we all see uh, Joy play uh, the Formula One game. The guys, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm always uh, happy to be with you, man, talking about our great sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me again, Wes. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, you know, wherever you guys are in the world, uh, you know, good night, good morning, and we will see you again on Friday. Thank you for so much for listening. Keep it on track.